Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1021. Don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mark Hallier. Hey, Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Mark Hallier is the publisher of Region Rides, a free monthly newsletter that showcases the automobile, truck, and bike culture in northwest Indiana. The area of Indiana where he lives is called The Region, and it holds an extremely eclectic population due to its steel and oil industry. The car hobby in the region is a melting pot where you'll discover muscle cars, mini trucks, bagged motorcycles, custom-built choppers, modern sports cars, including Camaros, Mustangs, and Superbirds. Mark worked as a graphic designer for 18 years and then for a newspaper, and today he works for an advertising agency designing signage for major clients, including Coca-Cola and McDonald's. So, Mark, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles. Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. My my career started out, like you said, uh, I worked uh, first in the uh, casino industry and right out of college. Right after that, I went into the newspaper business where I kind of learned the the tagline of respect the deadline. Oh, yeah. As you know, <laughs> every day there's a, every day we had a deadline. So yep. that was kind of my kind of picked up on that. From the newspaper industry, I went over to advertising and on the side, I've been publishing a monthly magazine that comes out between the first and the fifth of every month. And we print 10,000 magazines every single month and we feature custom cars, trucks, and bikes. Wow. uh, We also, yeah, we also cover special events, charity events, as well as featuring unique individuals like artists and painters. Just unique people who are from the area. Very cool. You know, the reason I wanted to have Mark on the show today was he is what I call a sidepreneur. This is somebody who loves cars and wants to do something in their career with cars, but they have a main job and they haven't quite made their sidepreneur job pay enough to quit that main job and do this full time, but they're doing it. And a lot of people go, well, how on earth would you have enough time to do that? And I always say, well... When you get home at night, you've got quite a few hours in your evening. You've got weekends. And even when you have days off of work, you can work on your sidepreneur job. Uh, It's just how you manage your time. Is that how you do it? Absolutely. I spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time commuting, actually. So there's a lot of time where I can make phone calls. I will, you know, think about what upcoming projects I want to do. But also, I always make a point to make sure that I have enough time to do what I'm supposed to be doing. That's, you know, returning emails or planning what's coming up next month. I usually get up around 4, 4.15 in the morning, but I don't actually leave for work till about 6.30. Uh, So I've got a whole morning. So I've got, you know, I've got a good solid two hours in the morning where I can get some work cranked out in the morning before I actually get started for my day. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's very commendable. And Again, for those folks out there that say, how could I have time for that if I've got a full-time job? Well, there's lots of extra hours in the day you can use in different ways, more productive ways. And kudos to you for doing that, Mark. And as we can turn continue, I should say, on your journey 
and learn more about you, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. It's some kind of saying that has a great meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Mark, take the wheel. The quote that always kind of inspires me was a quote by George Carlin. And don't worry, I'm not going to use any of the vulgar ones that he used. <laughs> none of the, none but, of the seven uh, words you can't use on television. <laughs> exactly, no. No, his quote that I, I that just rings true to me, and I just, I just really like it, it's, uh, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. <laughs> so <laughs> as funny as that sounds, it is really some solid knowledge there. You know, you don't want to sweat the petty things. You want to keep on trucking and just keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, like, don't worry about the small stuff. That'll get ironed out eventually. It just takes time. And then you just concentrate on the big picture. Yeah. Just keep moving your legs. Just keep going forward. And as someone taught me once, if you fall, make sure you fall forward. At least you're that much further ahead before you get up <laughs> off the ground and start walking forward. So exactly. uh, very, very good advice. Yeah. George Carlin, boy, he was a classic. That's for sure. Saw him way back in the 70s when I was in high school. Went to one of his uh, his concert, I guess they call them concerts, more of a show, I guess, something like that. But Yeah, uh, well, shame yeah. on you for going to that. <laughs> oh, don't tell my mom. Yeah, she thought I was doing something right. different, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, he was quite a character, that's for sure. Well, let's go back in time and uh, talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Uh, tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy. I think as most car guys, we grew up with Hot Wheels growing up and you're playing with your Hot Wheels. And my dad was a really, he was really into doing things with your hands. And he was raised in a household where you played with Lego and I played with Lego. I mean, I still have my Lego. Oh yeah. Um, I actually, I passed my Lego down to my kids and I actually passed my Hot Wheels down to my kids. I was raised in a blue collar household. My dad worked as a draftsman for an engineering firm. In the early 80s, there was a major recession that hit. And when that happened, we had to get by with what we could do. And, you know, dad would, when, when the car would break down, dad would have to fix it. And yeah. I was just a little boy then. And dad would take me out to the garage. And, you know, I was kind of his little helper. And that meant me holding the tools. You know, that's how I helped him. You know, yeah. I was probably more of a hindrance than anything. But uh, <laughs> he's always been and still is like one of those guys that says, well, let's wait a minute. Let's, let's think this through and figure out how we can work through this. You know, he's kind of an idea guy. Another true inspiration for me was my mom's brother, Tom. My uncle Tom, when I was a little boy, had a bright red 57 Chevy with white, white interior. And I remember when I was about five or six, we went over to their house one Saturday afternoon and he took me for a ride in the front seat of that car. And I was hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I need to be. I love this thing. This is so cool. He later took us to a cruise night at a place in Palos Park called, it was Duke's Drive-In. And there was a cruise night going on and it was just so cool. And it was the sights and the sounds. And I just thought, this is where this is what I like. This is what I love. This is what I want to be a part of. And I was in love at five years old with the car scene culture. I remember playing with my Hot Wheels. I would have I had an old battered '57 Chevy that the paint was all chipped off of, and I would drive it around the back of a you know of a box, and then on the other side of the box I would drive the finished product, and it was a brand new one of the same model around the side around the front <laughs> of the building, like you just finished working on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's classic. Ah, oh, great stories. Yep, I still have all my old Matchbox and Hot Wheels. And you're a nicer dad. Oh, yeah. I I didn't let my kids play with mine. I didn't want them scratched up. But uh, uh, you know, I bought them their I bought them their own Hot Wheels uh, so they could have some fun with them. But 
Yeah, I've still got mine in a box. I always kind of look at it and go, why am I hanging on to these things the way I am? It's kind of silly, but they bring back some fun <laughs> memories. That's for sure. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you've faced along the way. These are invaluable learning lessons to share with others so that if they're going through the same thing, they can glean a little bit of experience there. So tell us how this experience helped you gain even more momentum moving forward in your career. Well, one of the largest challenges that I faced with work as well as working, uh, you know, doing the magazine on the side is staying ahead of my deadline. Unfortunately, in high school, I was always kind of a procrastinator and I always waited the last minute to get whatever I was working on done. And I found that if you keep ahead of that deadline and keep pushing forward and plan ahead, you're not going to be sweating that, you know, the last, you're not going to be pulling all-nighters anymore. You're going to be able to get everything done and be ahead of the curve and you're going to be able to put your best foot forward, but also, you know, put out a really good product no matter what it is. If it's for work, if it's for school, if it's for your side project, whatever it is. I think that that's probably my, my has been my biggest hurdle and my biggest learning curve mm-hmm. is just my own personal battles of just stay, keeping away from my laziness and just doing what I have to do to get it done. And if that means getting up at four o'clock in the morning, then so be it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've heard this from some people as well, and uh, everybody's a little bit different. Some people like to work ahead of the themselves. Others say, oh, I like the pressure. That's why I procrastinate. That makes me do a better job. I'm not so sure about that. I think if you uh, have plenty of time to think through things, you can do a better job. But what's maybe one tip you could offer somebody out there that might be struggling with this procrastination thing in their life? And it's always been the way that they do it. Is there a little tip or trick other than getting up at 4.30 in the morning, which is a good way to, <laughs> good, a good way to do it? But uh, is there another little lesson that you learned or a tool or a device you use that helps you so that you don't do that to yourself? Because eventually that procrastination catches up with you and you get caught short once or twice and it can really cause a problem. That's the thing. You know, you, you realize that, oh man, if I would have just done this earlier, I could have gotten this done. This could have been so much better. Or I could have done X, Y, Z instead of having to rush it and get it done. I would also say another key point too is just staying organized. With the magazine, and I know you know probably with doing the podcast, is you have to stay organized. You have to have all your information up front and ready to go. Right. You know, there's no, you can't just kind of whim, you know, do it on a whim and say, and hope that it turns out. You have to be organized and know what you're going to do. And you're going to have to know who you're going to talk to and when you're going to do it. It's not, it's not going to fly. Yeah. Being organized is a key word you use there. I think that helps an awful lot. And however you like to be organized, there's all these tools nowadays on phones and computers to remind you to do stuff. But there's two other things that come to mind with this this whole concept here. And one is the phrase, eat that frog. Have you heard of that before? <laughs> no. It has to do with when you get up in the morning and you have tasks to do, pick the ones you least want to do and do them first. Eat that frog. Now, oh, the, yeah. I- the idea yep. of eating a frog doesn't sound too appealing. But if you take care of those things first, and let's take exercise. If you're someone who's been wanting to exercise and you just can't get around to do it, If you assign that task to the first thing in the morning, put it on your calendar, put on your reminder and eat that frog and you get it out of the way, it opens up your brain in so many ways that you don't even know that are open. And another word you used was the word hope. And you hope that it will work out. You hope that it'll get done. And 
I have another saying that I've shared with others. There's no hope in business. You just have to do it because you can't just hope. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I hope we've shared a little bit of uh, uh, help out there for listeners who might be suffering from this procrastination thing because I've I've dealt with that before too. And eat that frog and remember there's no hope in business. Just get it out of the way. Get it over with first thing. Get up a little early and just do it and move on with your day. You'll feel so much better. There are some projects that one of my, one of the the things that I least like doing about the magazine. I I love designing the magazine. Mm-hmm. I love meeting people. I love write, I love telling the stories. I love getting it all out there. My least favorite part of doing all of it is sitting down and doing the advertiser billing, oh. and I have to go through and do my invoicing, and then I have to sit and I have to print them out. I have yeah. to sign each one, do the envelopes. It takes a good two hours of my day. Yep, and I it's my least favorite end of the project of of every month, you know. But it's just like doing bills. Yes, you have to do it. Yeah, absolutely, because those advertisers keep you alive. Well, here's another tip for you, Mark. When you get to the point where you can afford to hire your first helper, that is the first task you assign to that person. Find somebody yes. <laughs> who would do your billing and get that off your plate. Because if you don't like to yeah. do that. You know, get it off your plate because you know what? There might be somebody out there that likes that kind of activity, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. And there probably is. There probably is. Well, let's take a look at the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a moment of kind of an aha moment, if you will, in your business, a time when those headlights come on and illuminate a wave to a new path, a pivot, if you will. Tell us about yours. Back before Roadkill was a household name, Hot Rod Magazine was putting out videos on YouTube. And one of those videos was behind the scenes of Hot Rod and how they put together the magazine. And they were showing, you know, behind the scenes, and this is how we build the magazine. This is how we schedule the shoots. This is how we schedule the articles. And they were talking to David Freiberger, and he was showing his, you know, I think he had his computer open, and they had the, the latest layout of what they were working on. And they were showing that, and I thought, well, hey, that's the exact same program that they're using. That, I mean, or excuse that me, you I use. Said, yeah. Yeah, it's the exact same program that I use. Yeah. So I have all those tools. I could probably come up with something like that. But I was at the time, I was working with another magazine publisher, and he told me, he says, if you ever have an idea for a magazine, you know, let's hear it, and maybe we can make it fly. Yeah. And so I had the idea of turning a local publication, such as like a local hot rod magazine, but feature everything because our scene here, the custom car, the custom car culture scene here in Northwest Indiana is so eclectic that we could just encompass it all and not just have a hot rod magazine, but have a car, truck and bike magazine and feature everyone. Mm-hmm. So that was in March of 2013. And the very first issue of Region Rise came out in June that same year. We used every possible contact that we could to come up with advertisers and features. The very, very first cover shoot that we ever did, I actually had my sister shoot the cover. We found it, it was a friend of a friend's neighbor who had a 73 Charger, and he did a burnout in a, in a school parking lot for us for the cover of the magazine. <laughs> Fun. You know, the, we put together this free magazine, which is completely supported by our advertisers, which, is, which was the hardest part. But at the same time, it was a lot of fun going out and knowing exactly how much we needed to put out a magazine every month. We had to go out and we had to pursue that. Absolutely. What uh, software do you use to produce your publication? 
I actually use the um, Adobe Suite, so it's Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign. InDesign. Yep, very familiar with that. Yep, my previous career was with Grio's Garage. We produced a catalog from the time I started there. I was there for 20 years, and I was in charge of that, in charge of a lot of things, but that was one of them. And yeah, I know about deadlines, because if we didn't get that book to the printer, we might miss our print date, which means we'd miss our mailing date, which means we'd miss the sales that would come from that catalog. Yeah. Yeah, this was before internet. So I'm proud to say 20 plus years there, almost 25 years there, never missed a print date. Came close, but never missed a print date. That was important. Yeah, that was a drop a dead deadline. So uh, I understand that. Yeah, we have a we have a drop dead deadline, too, because I also design. I'm still not only with with Region Rides magazine, but I also still design another publication and we print both magazines together and we have a drop dead deadline. Of, of getting the magazine to the printer on a Sunday evening. So that way we're able to catch up with the delivery truck and be able to land our delivery with, with the truck that's going out in the areas that we need to go out. So we have oh, to get it go. done by a certain date to guarantee that we're going to be on the delivery truck. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, this is a question that I'm going to kind of throw at you at the side here, but I'm sure some people might be wondering this. Why print? Because you hear these days, oh, print is dead. Nobody's reading magazines anymore, blah, 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 which I'm not so sure I really agree with because I've got a whole stack of magazines I subscribe to here. But why not just do this online? Why choose print? Well, you said it just yourself. You said you have a whole stack of magazines yourself. Yep. I still go to the grocery store and I will pick up Hot Rod. I will pick up Popular Hot Rodding, truck magazines, Jeep magazines, whatever they are. I think as car guys, we really like we like that magazine. The there feel, are, the tactile feel, yeah, paper in your hands. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I was talking, I was actually on Rob Kibbe's show, The Muscle Car Place, and he asked me the same exact question. And the thing is, he, he, you know, he had his car featured in, I think it was Super Chevy. Mm-hmm. And he has that, he has the cover of the magazine framed and hanging on his wall in the office. Of course, yeah. Now, you can't do that with something that's online. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's you, not the same thing. No, it's absolutely not. There's something, there's a, there's, there's like a visceral feeling about having it and holding it. And when you have a print magazine, you're holding a piece of art, actually. You know, I've yeah. put my, I've put my time, I've put my talent, the, my writers have put their time and their talent and the photographers have put their time and talent into it and shooting the right angles and, they're putting, they're, they're giving everything they have when they do go out and do those shoots. The idea that print is dead, I don't think so. I'm printing 10,000 magazines every month. Print mm-hmm. is definitely not dead. It's a, you know, it's a free magazine that's going out and people are picking it up. We just went to a car show over the weekend and spent two days and I passed out thousand magazines over the course of two days, just sitting there and talking to people. And I was passing out magazines to grownups, but also the kids. The kids love the magazine. Yes. So I think, you know, I, I don't think print is dead. I think we just need to find a way to incorporate print into social media as well as, you know, on, an online presence. Mm-hmm. We have our website with the magazine on it, but then I'm also very active on our social media pages and I invite people to be a part of that. We say, you know, jump on our Facebook page and like us or, you know, look at what we're working on now. This is the latest shoot that we're doing and we share all kinds of information on our social media pages. So nice. I think I'm kind of stealing, not so much stealing, but I'm following what the big dogs are doing as far as like, you know, Hot Rod Magazine. They're 
they're still producing a magazine, but they're also have a very strong social media presence. And I'm just kind of following along and watching what they're doing and yeah. basically copying that. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad thing. And uh, who comes to mind here is Pete Stout, who's been a guest on the show here. He's a publisher of Triple Zero magazine. It's a, it's almost like a book you get. It. It's a quarterly magazine mm-hmm. on Porsche. You know, big step out that he took here to uh, produce this publication, but it's it's something that you'll keep forever. You won't throw these things away. But I think that if you're producing quality work, relative work, and, and that's the challenge. Some of the magazines have really not kept up, I think, producing real quality work, everything from the writing to the photography. And I've kind of even pared mine down. I used to get over 40 subscriptions a month, and I've kind of pared them down to the ones that I just think are are more relative to what I like and are better quality, both writing and uh, imagery. So great. Thanks for answering that question. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. What was I was born in 1980. So I'm 30. I'm 37. I'll be 38 this year. Throughout my childhood, I always told my dad, dad, I want a car. I want a car so bad. I want to work on a car. Let's build a car. He says, well, I tell you what, he made me a deal. He says, if you save enough money, he goes, I will pitch in half for the car for you. Whatever you want to, he goes, we can start looking and see what we can find. That was in the early 90s. And in 94, I says, okay, I'm going to get serious about this. So I started cutting lawns because it was the only job that a 14-year-old could get. But luckily, I live in a small enough town where I could push a lawnmower from, you know, from neighbor to neighbor. I was charging 20, 20 bucks a lawn. And I'd cut lawns once a week and, you know, I'd make a pocket full of money and I'd spend a little bit, but I held on to it. Two years later, I bought a 1966 Chevy Impala with a 327 and it was a two-door. Dad pitched in half the money for it and I drove it home and it was the coolest thing in the world for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was a, it was a, it was a clapped out old silver car. It had a black interior. The interior was in decent shape, but the body needed, it needed work. The engine needed to be cleaned up. It had the original motor on it and it was, it leaked oil like a Chevy does, you know, <laughs> but, but dad let me park it in his garage and, yeah. you know, he parked his brand new van out front and I had my 30 year old car parked in the garage. I couldn't at the time I was only 16 and still only had a learner's permit. I couldn't even drive the car without having a parent in the front seat with me. So we were out for <laughs> we were out for a ride one night, and I heard this awful noise. And right away, the car started acting real squirrely, like the back end wanted to come around on it. And it was just like, it was dogleg. It was really strange. We got it home and peeked underneath, and the passenger, the driver's side uh, frame rail had snapped in two. Oh, okay. And it was just, it was a mess. Yeah. My dad, him being the idea guy, he said, you know, let's take a look at this and see what we can do. Because the thing is, he and I had never tackled anything this big before. We had never done a frame off restoration. I mean, especially for for novice guys who were just going to, you know, you know, fix up the body on it and put a dress up kit on the engine and drive it around. This was going to be a huge project. But he said, well, let's take a look and see what we can do. Before long, we started, you know, removing the body mounts and using fire and hand tools. We actually lifted the body off that car, off that frame, using four by fours and cinder blocks and hand tools in their one car garage. He (laughs) he actually cut a hole in the side of the garage to put the four by fours through. And we had neighbors standing, looking over the fence, like, what are you guys doing? Like, we (laughs) had no idea. Yeah, it was. I had driven the car maybe 
three or four times before that frame snapped, and then we started working on it right away. Yeah. So that's uh, that was my special car. That was my first car. That was the one that uh, that I that I've always really really liked. Yeah, great memories with your father. How about a car that got away? Do you have a seller's remorse story for us? Well, yeah, it kind of goes along with the Impala. So we worked on it for a few years. We, you know, every time I got to a point with the car where I couldn't, couldn't, you know, couldn't do it with hand tools or I couldn't do it with a wrench or I would have to buy new tools. So I had to save up money, more money, and then I'd buy tools. We bought the car in 96. I graduated high school in 99. By 2000, I was going to college full time and I made some questionable 20-year-old financial decisions and uh, I had a car loan and I had a... I ended up getting into a car accident and totaling my car and having with the insurance and having to buy a new car and everything that happened, I had to sell the Impala. Unfortunately, I never did see it all back together again because I had gotten busy with school and work. And it just, uh, it was just one of those things that feel really, really bad about. And every time I see a 66 Impala now, I just get this this pang in my heart going, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I would really like to have one of those again. Just... Just to be able to say that I, I finished it and I feel good about it because I just have this remorse feeling about not about blowing it apart and then not finishing it and putting it back together. Because when I sold it, I sold it in boxes. So oh, okay. yeah. that was the hardest thing I ever did, ever had to do. Yeah, I understand. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what has you excited and fired up right now. Currently, uh, my daily driver is a bright yellow 1997 Jeep Wrangler. We've affectionately called it the Tonka Jeep. <laughs> the, the Jeep has been through a lot. I bought the Jeep uh, in 2014 because I'd always wanted a Jeep. And my, my kids have gotten old enough now that we don't have to have the minivan anymore with the car seat. We can have something a little bit more fun. So I decided on this bright yellow Jeep and they loved it. And I was driving home from work one day and I was trying to avoid an accident. Somebody slammed on their brakes in front of me and I swerved to get out of the way. And I went down into the ditch and I rolled the Jeep. Oh yeah. It was a, it wasn't a serious accident, but it was enough to get the wheels up in the air. The tire, the, uh, the top was off the Jeep. The doors were off the Jeep. So it was like, it was a beautiful 80 degree sunny day. And it was just one of those days. I just couldn't wait to drive with the top down. And I ended up rolling the Jeep. And actually, I called one of the advertisers in the magazine. And I says, hey, listen, I said, um, something happened. I sent him the pictures. And he says, well, why don't you, why don't you drop it off by the shop and see, see what we can do and we, if we could uh, do something with it. So I had the Jeep towed over to his house or to his shop. And he looked at it and he goes, you know, the frame and everything is straight on it. He goes, we could definitely rebuild this thing. For what I did was a, we called a trade sponsorship, where I gave him free advertising in exchange for his shop time. I paid for the parts. And over the course of a year, he rebuilt the Jeep. Cool. And um, it's back on the road again. And it's it's a blast now. And it's, uh, it's definitely a tension getter. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. What a story. Well, uh, and again, how can listeners learn more about Region Rides, let's say, online? What's your website and your Facebook page? Their website is regionrides.com, R-E-G-I-O-N-R-I-D-E-S.com. Okay, um, and the Facebook and page? We're on face- it's Facebook slash Region Rides. Just look up Region Rides. That's it. There you'll find it. Perfect. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mark. If you were a car, what would you be and why? I think I would probably be a Jeep. I, I thought about I thought about this question long and hard. I was like, 
I'd like to be a muscle car, but that's just what I would like to be. I'm nowhere near as uh, strong or athletic as a as a uh, muscle car. So I think I'm more of a utilitarian. I, I'd either be a Jeep or a pickup truck, but I'd like, to, I'd like to make people smile and make them laugh. And so I think Jeep would probably be the way to go. Uh, <laughs> there I'm, you go. I, I, can, I can do a little bit of everything. I like being outdoors and, you know, I'm not real fast or agility. You know, I don't have a lot of agility, but, you know, I like, I just like to have a good time. And I think that's what the Jeep life is all about, too. Absolutely. Well, Mark, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yeah listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf Ready Fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf Ready Fit Semi-Custom Covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Mark, we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep your day job until you, you, you're able to do the magazine full-time. There you go. Yeah, wise advice. We mentioned that earlier. The sidepreneur. Will you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? I think we covered it earlier when I said that um, you get up early and you get the job done. You don't want to procrastinate and, and you know focus on what needs to get done first. Yep. Eat that frog. Now, do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, the magazine is uh, readily, readily available at regionrides.com, and you're able to see back issues of the magazine. You can read advertiser reviews, submit your vehicle for consideration, and uh, you can also download our media kit, which actually has all of our pricing and everything in there for advertisers. There you go. 
If I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I think it would have to be either Dale Jr. or Mike Finnegan from Roadkill. Oh, that'd be um, cool. They both, they, they both seem like really cool, down-to-earth guys. I listen to the Dale Jr. download and watch Roadkill. They both seem like they'd be down for uh, having a few beers and just having a good, you know, good time and a couple laughs, too. Yeah. So yeah. I think either one of those guys. I'd like to have either one of those guys on this show. That's a great idea. <laughs> How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should read? Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by oh, yeah. Richard Kowalski. Yeah, Kiyosaki. Um, yeah, I wish, yeah. Kiy- yeah, Kiyosaki. Yes, Kiyosaki. Um, yeah. I wish I would have read, read that book when I was about 16. Me too. I, uh, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it at the time. But looking back, I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's some really good foundation stuff in there that uh, we can all learn from. So I hope to pass some of that information down to my kids. Oh, absolutely. I gave both my kids a copy of that book. Another one is... Uh, Dave Ramsey's book on finance is a good book to give your kids when they get into high school and college. It just gives them a whole nother perspective on money and how to be smart with your money. I think it's a really, really valuable lesson. It really is. So listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Mark has shared with us today on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Mark Hallier, H-A-L-L-I-A-R, and that page will pop right up. All right, Mark. We're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter what it is or how much it costs, but here's the rule. You can only have one, this car, in your garage. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. you got to drive it and enjoy it. So what's it going to be? I think you already know that answer. <laughs> I would have my 66 Impala back, but I wouldn't want it finished. Oh. I'd want it just the way it was. I'd want it for 1100 bucks, like we bought it, clapped out with the busted frame and everything. I'd like to attempt to rebuild that car with my dad and my son, too. So kind of make that a family project. I would really like to be able to do that together. So Wow. Well, you let me off the hook compared to what most people ask for on this show. So I appreciate oh, yeah, that. About the Maserati. Yeah, the Maserati. Now, well, <laughs> here's here's the deal. What I'll do is... I'll just throw in an unlimited supply of parts and whatever you need to make that project done. So you don't have to worry about all the costs and everything. If you need a, you know, some great uh, frames, rails, or paint, or whatever it might be, I'll just throw all that in with the car. So, But I think that's a really thoughtful uh, idea for a car to bring back that memory and then share that with your son, your father, the generations. I love that. That is very, very cool. Yeah. Nice. I'd really like to be able to do that. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Well, I think someday you might be able to do that. So that doesn't sound too far-fetched, unlike uh, maybe wanting a Ferrari GTO or uh, something (laughs) crazy like that. Well, Mark, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the sunset in that finished 1966 Impala? Well, I know it's been said on this podcast a lot of times, but do what you love. Find out whatever makes you happy and pursue that. And I should have listened to my gut a long time ago to, to do, do something in the automotive industry. But I followed, you know, I, I followed what I thought was true. But I think do what you love is a solid concept. And if you can find a way to make money at doing what you love is the most important thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Great words of advice. Now, what's the best way for our listeners, again, to learn more about you and Region Rides. You can follow Region Rides online at regionrides.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Region Rides. Or you can email me directly. It's Mark, M-A-R-K, 
at regionrides.com. There you go. And another place you can find all these great links is on Mark's Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to my website, carsyeah.com, type in Mark Hallier, and that page will pop right up with all those links. Check out what Mark is up to and use him as an inspiration. If you want to figure out a way to do something around cars, but you've got a full-time job, we just gave you a whole bunch of great ideas, some golden nuggets to make it happen in your world. Mark, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you again, Mark. I really appreciated this. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.